0: Welcome to the Good Theological Thursday podcast, where we have open conversations about theology and culture. My name is James Crockett.
1: And I am Dre Clark, and we are glad to have you join in our conversation today. We hope that this podcast helps you as you think about your life and God and how they fit together.
0: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of the Good Theological Thursday podcast. Uh, We hope you are been having a good week. Today, we are continuing a conversation that we started last week on the spiritual gifts. Last week, we kind of gave a broad overview of the spiritual gifts. And Dre, what aspect of the gifts are we talking about today?
1: Yeah, so today, we are going to continue that conversation from last week. So make sure you go back and listen to that if you haven't. But really, we're going to ask this question, are all the spiritual gifts still with us? So last week, we really had an introduction and and really asked, um, you know, are all the spiritual gifts that are there in Scripture? You think know, like that was a major thing that I'd want to point out from last week. Um, And so today Mm -hmm. we're saying, well, are all of them still with us? Um, So much deeper, much more controversial, uh, you know, thing than last week. Um, But yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge question. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, James, last week, though, just as kind of just curiosity, did I convince you um, to my view that that maybe uh, maybe me playing guitar is a spiritual gift? Are you are you on my Did you bought into that yet? Or at least get you thinking that way?
0: Um, I haven't, I don't know if I would fully buy into that, uh, <laughs> no, but I would, convince you. <laughs> no, I'm not quite convinced by that, by that aspect. You just haven't heard but me play
1: guitar in a while. It really is just <laughs> a very spiritual experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So I'm not quite convinced there, but I, I do, I, there are certain aspects of how you would view it that I would agree with. And I, I tend to, I tend to agree with. And so, yeah. um,
1: and I'm that's always, what we're here I'm to always, do. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're here I, to have a conversation. Me and James don't agree on everything. And, you know, he's got a lot of places to grow, clearly. So, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do think it's a, it's a good discussion. I think we got to be careful not to box in things. I think we got to be careful, um, you know, kind of summarize last week's episode. I think we got to be careful saying everybody needs to know what their gift is. Um, and You mm. can't serve unless you do. And I think we got to be careful about what exactly these gifts mean. I think there's a lot of um, things that we've we've put into scripture um you know and and we've said that may not may or may not be completely true and so um so you don't want to be anti-biblical um in some of the stuff we say um but i do think there's room to be super biblical i think there's places that we can expand and and uh and use you know a systematic approach and so but yeah so that's that one but uh today's episode so james we uh, normally do a weekly recommendations but um i think we should do something different this week and let's talk about who is one of your favorite uh, theologians or uh, scholarly writers. So Let's just both give mm. a name this week instead of a weekly recommendation. What's one of your one of your favorite theologians or uh, you know writers, um, scholarly writers? Can be dead or or living. Uh, what are some mm. What are some names or who, who's, who's like? If you had to pick one, I know that's a really hard question. But if you had to pick yeah. one, uh, who, who comes to mind?
0: Um, yeah. So my my primary field of study is New Testament. And so I, I like to look more at New Testament scholars and who I interact with. Uh, maybe I'll name two. Um, one is N.T. Wright, and that's a kind of just – I feel like that's very like basic New Testament to like – but I, and I say I like interacting with N.T. Wright because I don't always agree with N.T. Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a great writer, Um Really good to interact with, uh, very clear and understandable, um, causes you to think of, think in different ways about some things, um, mm-hmm. to kind of look at things from a different perspective um, and challenges, challenges me at times with some of his views on like, hey, I do agree with that. And hey, I don't, I just, I kind of, I see where, or there's sometimes he'll say something that's like, okay, I, I see where he's coming from. But I disagree, and here's why I disagree. So N.T. writes one, and you know if you're in New Testament field, you have to know what he's writing about. He's kind of one of those guys. Another guy I actually really like, and I, I've kind of come to appreciate him more over the past year, is Richard Hayes. Uh, R- Richard Hayes uh, had a – I think he taught at Duke for a long time. Uh, wrote a very influential book in New Testament called Echoes of Scripture in the Letters of Paul – I love Richard Hayes because I love his discussion on how the New Testament writers use the Old Testament and their methods of interpretation, their hermeneutics. Uh, I, he did; he has done a lot of work in that field. Um, that man was just really ground back when back when the hit, that first book came out was really it was really groundbreaking and um, continues to be a very influential voice. But I I always find his perspectives, especially on. That that subject of New Testament use of the Old Testament, um, always very insightful. So those those are just a couple guys, and there's plenty of others, but those are just a uh, a couple guys. I I enjoy more guys that I can just interact with, and you know I don't necessarily have to agree with them on everything, and uh, but they but mm-hmm. they present interesting discussions. So uh, what yeah. about you, Dre?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go since you did some you know more newer ones, I'll go a little bit older. But I really I really enjoy uh, John Owen. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's somebody that I've been reading a little bit more. Um, Spurgeon, of course, is is a, is a great great guy. I think um, I might even mention him later in today's episode. But um, I, I like some of these these older kind of guys. Really, I'm I really am fascinated around the 17th century, um, around the Enlightenment, and, and how Christianity was battling uh, to 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 take these new ideas that were coming out in the in the culture and and really preserve Scripture through them. So there's a lot of people in that time period that I just very very respect. Um, that I think they're they're really good thinkers and i think that they also uh fought it fought a unique battle that um i just really appreciate so that that's kind of uh, some influences that i would say as far as more on the theological side um yeah but yeah that's it's a there are a lot of other crazy people there during that time too that uh you know yeah. i like i like dr barth you know i, I he fascinates <laughs> me i don't agree with
0: barth, i don't agree yeah. With,
1: yeah, yeah uh yeah i don't agree with all of, i mean with a lot of it but I, I, there's a lot of things that he says as i'm just i'm really drawn to that kind of area of systematics and um and so, yeah, it's it's interesting, interesting things that happened in that time period. So anyways, all right. Um, so, yeah, so that's a weekly recommendations this week is uh, just some people. Maybe if you haven't really done any research, go grab an autobiography of them or go grab, uh, you know, uh, a couple uh you know, church history books or grab some uh, of their podcasts throughout today and some of their modern books. And so it might be some good things for you to look into. Yeah. N.T.
0: Uh, Wright NT Wright actually has his own podcast called Ask N.T. Wright Anything. And so if you want to yeah. even just get a general idea of N.T. Wright's views, um, you can go and listen to that podcast. And yeah, uh, again, he, they, yeah, he basically, that podcast is just people email questions and he answers them um, from his point of view. And so, Yeah. If you want to, if you don't want to like pick up N.T. Wright tends to write really long books. So if you don't want to like um, go read a really long book from N.T. Wright, that might just be a good one uh, just to listen to the podcast and you can get some, his broad, a broad view of his perception on things.
1: Yeah. Now, James yeah. does. Does John Owen have a podcast that you're familiar with or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. My, my 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 people are dead, so you can't. You yeah. have to go actually read a book. So sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> James yeah. is more practical today. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, that was fun. So now let's jump into uh some really deep controversial stuff. Um. Have some of the gifts stopped. Mm -hmm. um and i want to i want to start off with uh with a funny story uh just because i was talking about spurgeon uh but spurgeon was a guy who's there's two there's two camps on this to kind of help people understand there's two camps and uh one of them is a what's called a cessationist camp um and this is a continuum so there's different degrees of this stuff but cessationists for the most part say that the the gifts have ceased for a time being um, mm-hmm. You know, every, everybody believes back in Revelation that there's prophecy that comes back. Um, at least they should believe that. There's probably some that don't. Uh, so there's that's the cessationist. And the other one is the uh, continuous side, which is that, no, things have continued on as they did in the early church. Um, mm-hmm. So Spurgeon was a hard cessationist, right? So he, that means that he just, they're absolutely gone, all those kind of things. But during one of his sermons, uh, he felt led to call out a man about robbing something. Um, and so he's, he's recalling this event in a sermon where he called out this guy. He's like, you know, you robbed this thing. And so after that, he became a soft cessationist, which said, oh, it's a rare thing, but it was God that did it. And so yeah, uh, yeah. He, he even changed his views from being one. No, there's there, this prophecy and all this kind of stuff never happens uh, to where this he had this moment where he just felt convicted to call this dude out uh, for robbing. And so after mm. that, he's like, I still haven't changed my views. I'm just not as hard on my views as I were. It's a rare yeah. thing now, which which puts him in the you know what's called a soft cessationist camp. Um, so I think that's a funny story, uh, from church history about that. This is, this has been a wildly debated and uh, people change view. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very complex issue, um, Mm -hmm. of, are some of the gifts still with us? Um, James, what are the gifts whenever we talk about this? What are the gifts that are the ones that are debated? I mean, do we, you know, do we think that pastoring has stopped, that teaching has stopped that speaking, you know, or is there some other ones that we would say? Um, Yeah.
0: So we're going to go with, um, you know, the broad term for it would be the supernatural gifts. Right. Uh, So these are gifts such as tongues is the, you know, whenever we, whenever we get to this conversation, tongues is the one everyone thinks of first. Uh, So tongues is one, but you also have miracles, uh, healing. Uh, You have prophecy to an extent in that, you know, some people actually define prophecy different ways. Some people don't Mm -hmm. define it as predicting the future. Yep. Um, but Which in, is
1: back to our conversation last week that, that there's a lot of ambiguity. What do these gifts exactly mean? Um, yeah. You know, and so I, I would argue, though, prophecy, luckily, is one of the ones that we have a lot of other, uh, you know, New Testament, Old Testament writings that use the word. So maybe that one's a little bit more clear, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so there's some definition stuff with uh, So, with a lot but of yeah, these. like,
0: but prophecy. With tongues. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. But prophecy, in the sense of, I, I would like, Prophecy in the sense of, like, fulfilling the role of, like, a prophet in the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, yeah. predicting the future or, or uh, you know, people would say what Spurgeon did. Uh, like, that example you gave from Spurgeon, that would be, like, a form of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so those are the type of ones we're talking about. So, we're not talking about, like, uh, pastoring, evangelism, administration, leadership, wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, faith. Like, we're not talking about that. that those are... Mm-hmm most people will say that continues on to the day but um we're talking about those supernatural gifts especially those ones that seem to appear a lot in acts um yeah uh when the early church starts so yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and most of the ones that are mentioned for the most part in first Corinthians passage that really whenever whenever mm. this gets debated that's the passage that you that is brought up mm. um, is the first Corinthians which also just as a note first Corinthians is um, in the chronological order that's the first uh, letter um, that we have um, then it goes into Romans Ephesians and Peter and, and as far as time and so really yeah. this is one of the earlier issues that was being talked about in Paul's letters um, and so and, it, and it's definitely happens in acts which we say is pretty early on too which is really close to um to Christ's uh, death and resurrection so uh, yeah so so that's uh those are the gifts that we're talking about um you know miracles tongues um interpretation of tongues prophecy um i think mm-hmm. you know maybe some maybe discernment of spirits maybe that one kind of gets abused yeah. every now and then um yeah, but we're not really talking about serving or giving. Def- definitely, we never say giving has ceased, right? Um, there, yeah, there's, yeah. Some, there's some people that would get really mad about that one. Uh, but yeah. yeah, and but that but that's that's the problem though. Is well, James, you know, why would we have a list and, and who gets to decide? Because the New Testament never says that any of these gifts have stopped. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, in the present time of that, like so, in First Corinthians 13, he's not First Corinthians uh, 12. Sorry. Um, he's not saying, oh, here, some are, have tongues, and, but he's, oh, by the way, tongues have ceased at this point. Uh, now, a lot of times the the passage that people use for cessationism is at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, when it says, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Um, and some people think that which is perfect is the New Testament canon, right? So they would say at the at the close of the Canon of the New Testament, that is the close of the writings of all the New Testament books, then the, um, then the, the the gifts ceased. Uh, I don't know if I actually don't know if I agree with that interpretation of First Corinthians 13. Um, I wonder if that's not actually more eschatological uh, you know and the, the concept the new creation is that which is perfect that has come? Um, so, but anyways, that's, that's part of this debate. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I agree with you. I think that that's probably used a little bit out of context. I don't think that's the, I don't, Mm -hmm. I would not say that's the heart of what, what that, what that part is writing about. Um, some other debates too, though, is that, um, and I mentioned this one to you, uh, earlier James, that because, you know, you look at first Corinthians, Romans, Ephesians, first Peter, if you look at the list, it goes from 13 gifts to seven gifts to four gifts to 12 gifts. And these mm. books are, you know, for sake of argument, let's just say that they're written within a 12-year period if you look at the dating. And so in order, you know, the, of, of what we see lists, um, it shrinks down, you know, 13, mm. 7, 4, and 2. Um, and so some have said that, well, you even see in Scripture, you see a, a, uh, a ceasing you know of the list the list the list is getting smaller and smaller as time goes on um and Mm -hmm. i was even telling you that i I know of someone um that teaches uh that that actually today that none of the gifts are there anymore and that they've they were all there just for a period of time and that we don't have any of these Mm -hmm. gifts anymore and that they were for for that period of time um which Mm -hmm. i think is a very extreme view and i don't definitely don't agree with that uh, based even on our conversation last week um Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, James, how do, I mean, if scripture doesn't say it, we get that one in, you know, in Corinthians 13 that may, may take that, but I think that's out of context. Then uh, can we, you know, all the debates that are going on around some of these gifts have have stopped or not. um, How do we, how do we approach that? And, um, and, and why is there so much division on it right now in the church?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, to answer your last question, why is there division on it? It's because the Bible isn't overly clear. Um, Mm -hmm. like it's not, there's not like a black and white statement in the Bible because this is, this is one of those situations where I say we can disagree on this issue and still have fellowship with each other. Now we might not be able to, in some extent, let's say you have a church that practices the gift of tongues, quote unquote, right? Um, Mm -hmm. we might not be able to practice weekly worship with them because we have fundamental and we and like and you know we don't believe you should like there is tongues like that should be involved in worship. We might not be able to worship worship with them weekly because you know that's a weekly part of their worship and something we don't agree with. But we can still have fellowship with them. We can still like I've mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work on college campuses or um, like for instance we have we we do stuff here at our church where we do like a all city college worship night and we've done it with uh, there's a another church here that they're a little more charismatic than we are, um, yeah. but they're, but they're still a gospel centered church. And so we, we can do things like an all city worship night where we come together for a night of worship and we don't mind doing that, or we can serve together because, you know, our, our main goal of that Christ be made known, it's still the same. So that is worth mentioning. But um, so that's why there's, but there's division just because there's, there's so much, ambiguity going on Uh, and back and back to your kind of original first question of how do we approach this? I, I tend to approach it as going back to our conversation last week. What, what are the purpose of the gifts? And then I ask, okay, what were the purpose of these gifts, especially these supernatural ones and acts? So the gift of tongues, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, I would also say it's a bit deceptive in that I don't think there's ever a point the New Testament teaches that someone has the gift of miracles. In other words, it's Mm. like, okay, I have the gift of miracles. So at any point I can perform a miracle. No, I think that the gift of miracles is at there were certain times where the spirit would manifest himself through a person to heal somebody or tongues Mm. would come on spontaneously. It's not like, it's not like all of a sudden, like I could be sitting in a worship service and I can just access the gift of tongues. Right. That's not something, you know, there's, there's some really bad teaching out there of like, we can teach you to speak in tongues. Or I don't think there's a point where every believer is able to speak in tongues. Like, I don't agree with that. I don't think the, I don't think the new Testament teaches that. And so I, I ultimately asked myself, what were the, what were the purpose of these gifts? And to me, the purpose of these gifts, especially if you look in the book of Acts or even go back to the gospels, what was Jesus doing? So when Jesus performed miracles, Jesus did it so that you may, you know, Jesus would say it so that you may know that I'm basically that I'm a son of God, right? That the mm-hmm. God has sent it, like, so Jesus would perform the miracles to prove that he was truly the Messiah, and so, then, in Acts; these gifts are performed as evidence that tongues comes. It's evidence that the Spirit has come, that Jesus has fulfilled His promise, right? And uh, the the gift of healings and miracles and all this stuff happens as proof of the gospel, as proof of as proof that Jesus was who He said He was, and that the apostles, what they're saying is true, and and they did this, and, and so now. Things are different now than in, in Acts, right? Because we have the New Testament, we have the revelation of God Himself in written word, and so God has already God has revealed Himself through His Word, and so the mm-hmm. gifts you you have to ask yourself: Are these gifts needed anymore? Right? That's that that becomes the real question.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, and now you're really jump, jumping into you know a lot of it's a bit, but really this idea of sufficiency. And, yeah. and what were the gifts used for? And do I control the gifts or the gifts from God? And we even talked about this last week. We've got to be very mm-hmm. careful that our gifts are service and sacrifice. They're not things that I wield. They're from God. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I do think to just, I think it needs to be said this at the beginning as well. Um, that even people that think the gifts have stopped or people that think that the gifts have not stopped, that everything is going on. Everybody to some degree, though, would say what you just said that, that well, God has stopped writing scripture. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if
1: you meet somebody that says he, that he's not, then be very careful, you know, because yeah. because that church has been pretty clear that, yeah, the, the canon has been closed. And so James mentioned that, that that there's there is in some sense with the argument from the close of canon that things have changed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then on top of that, though, to kind of help balance it out to be fair, is is so everybody that thinks that they continue, they got to realize that to some degree things have not continued. There is discontinuity between our century and the first century of the uh, the church, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But... Um, all people that say it's completely stopped, I mentioned earlier, well, that's really wrong too, because God is still doing something. Um, in Mm -hmm. fact, we think that God is doing something greater than raising people physically from the dead. He's raising people spiritually from the dead. And I think Christians should, would do well if they realize that is a, that is a miracle. That is actually a greater miracle, Mm -hmm. um, than, than just mere resurrection. Um, it Mm -hmm. is, it is a a total, a total resurrection. And so, um, so we don't want to say that God has stopped working either. And I think some people, do that see the discontinuity almost put it down where nothing miraculous is ever happening. So I think we have to really put some boundaries up on both ends of this conversation um, mm-hmm. and say, there are some things that we need to be clear about and some things that, you know, that we know are not there And somewhere in the middle. I think that helps us. Um, yeah. And so then when it comes to scripture, it comes to sufficiency, you know, if, if scripture is sufficient, if and that's a big doctrine to debate, but this idea that, they, that everything in scripture is what's needed for salvation, right? Mm-hmm. It's not needed for brain surgeries. It's, scripture doesn't give you a list of, you know, how to use your iPhone, but it is necessary. It is everything that you need for salvation. And mm-hmm. if that's what God is doing, and that's what these gifts are for is for the church, which is on the mission to bring salvation. And we have something that's complete. Um, then do we need more prophecy? Do we need more, more mm-hmm. things? If, if scripture, So that's a big thing to wrestle with. Um, I, I think too, to throw in the conversation, I'm kind of skipping around, but my, my other question is, is, have there ever been times in history where God is silent, where God is not using prophets? Um, mm. And and I would argue that if you look at the Old Testament, um, there's periods of time where God doesn't have a prophet, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think you get a major, major one um, at, at the end of the Old Testament, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and you get this this period of where where, where God and and people that are their devout followers. This is what they comment on. Um, even one of the apocryphas, or even Catholics that will kind of hold to some of these books, those people are still saying God is silent in those books, and so then you get what's called deuterocanonical books and all this other kind of mm-hmm. stuff. We're not going to get into today. Yeah. Um, so, so it doesn't seem unlike God to to have prophets and then to go silent and then to have prophets. You know what I mean? Yeah, um,
0: it, yeah. It doesn't seem. It's not unlike God for there to be specific points in time where He works through the Spirit in a very different way than at any other point in history, right? I mean, well, I mean, let's give an example. You know, let's even go back to the Old Testament, right? I mean, you have the children of Israel leaving Egypt when God sends 10 plagues to Egypt. I mean, we don't really ever have something quite like that again in history, right? So this is a specific way that God worked in that time to... You know, just because God so like just because like God at this point parted the Red Sea for his people to walk through doesn't mean anytime I go to a mm-hmm. uh, lake that God's gonna part the lake so I can walk through it because I'm able, yeah right so there are times that God will work in supernatural ways and um, through his prophets and um, and you'll find this even in the Old Testament you find like very specific points of time where God speaks and then for a while he doesn't speak to anybody right and then he comes back again. and He speaks. I mean, another point: the breaking between Joseph's death and all the way to Moses at the burning bush. We yeah. don't ever see God speak um, to like directly to his people. So that that's the point you're kind of getting at. So it's not uncommon for God to work that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. A- and back to the other point too. Whenever we talk about prophecies, because then what will say is, okay, well, so we we agree that there's not apostles like Paul and them that are writing scripture that they don't have that authority. There's not prophets that have the authority to write scripture, but there's still other prophets that you could, you know, that kind of are minor prophets. And so I think, uh, Wayne Grudem actually wrote an article about this, um, long time ago. I don't know if he still holds to it. Um, but you know, this idea that there's sub prophets or sub apostles, right? Um, Hmm. which one, I kind of, I start thinking too. So is there such thing as sub truth, you know, you know, and that's a whole other thing, but, but I do say that this word prophet um, if you if you trace it back down through a Jewish route, back to Deuteronomy 18, uh, the prophet is very clear. If, if a prophet can't be wrong, um, mm. and if they are, you kill them. <laughs> I mean that's <laughs> what. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so so a lot of major day prophets would never claim to be completely inerrant, right? To be completely mm. um, without error at all. Um, and yet, I would say, well, how can you know, I think how, how does that match up with the view that you see a prophet? Because it says that they that's how you actually know that they're true is that they don't have error. Um, hmm. And so I think there's an issue that can come there. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that need to be talked about, even the way we use these these gifts. Um, because I think a lot of times we use them to focus on ourselves. A lot of times we use them to Mm -hmm. dictate salvation. If I've heard people say, if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have salvation. And that's, you're you're now, I think that's heresy. Um, I I think that you start, um, you start getting people that start pushing things and they start saying that this is what it must be, but, oh, this isn't scripture, but this is, you know, my, my question is, well, how would you know then, um, you know, Mm -hmm. how would you know something's from God? And if it is true, it would be true. I mean, there's no such thing as, you know, I had a professor who used to say, "A half truth told as a whole truth is a whole lie." Um, and I, this idea, like, well, mm-hmm. we can't be we can't be mixing these things. Um, so I do think there's a lot of stuff. And so you look at church history, um, you know, from the second century until the beginning of the twentieth, um, you really don't see a lot of manifestations of of prophecy and miracles, all that kind of stuff. And if you do, they're kind of on the fringes of history. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so yet somehow God is still able to bring revivals. He was still able to, to bring um, you know, the Reformation without using miraculous gifts. And so um, I would say that, 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 that we're really asking, then the question really becomes, are spiritual gifts normative expressions for the Christian faith today, mm-hmm. or were they, or, or was there something going on in the first century that was exceptional Based mm. on maybe some of these "quote unquote" prophecies in Joel and Ezekiel, these ideas that the Spirit was moving in a unique way around Pentecost uh, mm. to authenticate what God was doing, which is what prophets do—they yeah. authenticate. Um, and I think that's that's really where the debate kind of goes. And, and I'm starting yeah. to show my cards of where I lean too. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. Any more thoughts? I mean, uh, of all this, there's a lot of things there, and a lot of like I said, a lot of controversy mm. on this. But um, those are some points too I want to raise in the in the debate
0: yeah i i think an important point to point out is something you pointed out of a lot of times these supernatural gifts in our discussion they're almost used in a um oh in a a very anthropocentric way right that mm-hmm. it's very much about us right yeah. and that's yeah. and when the spirit empowers when the spirit empowered um the Apostles in Acts, it wasn't just about them, in and authentic- use in gifting them for healing miracles, tongues. He authenticated the message that they preached, and ultimately, he was authenticating the Spirit. Authenticated that Christ was who he said he was. So it was Christocentric, right? Yes, yeah. It was go- it was gospel centric. But a lot mm-hmm. of times, we you know we think like, um, okay, you know, I want to be able to practice and it's almost some people will say like maybe with the gift of tongues oh we practice this cuz i want to get closer to god and i, I want to feel like i i've heard i don't want um i don't want to limit what the spirit can do in me and maybe i am maybe the spirit has this for me and i'm just not you know i'm i want everything that the spirit can give me to grow closer to christ and what i would say is is maybe sometimes that's a very cool. I don't know. Is that is that a very me centered question? And I don't, yeah. I don't think people mean it to be that way, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wonder yeah. if if that's a little too me centered. Whereas the question you should be asking is, if I'm a completely obedient to Christ, then yeah, the Spirit's going to give me everything I need to draw closer yeah. to Him. Right? Yeah. I don't have yeah. to somehow go access something that, um yeah. So, well,
1: that, that's uh, the question. That's the question. Is the purpose? Of the of these 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 sign gifts, right? These mm-hmm. gifts of miracles, healing, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, tongues. Was this to affirm God's working among His people, or was it to validate the gospel and thus show that a new a uh, thing, a new a new movement in God's redemptive history has started? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so the question, and those are the two things, because, because if you go to the latter, then you become more on the cessational side and say it was for this, it was to affirm this. But if you say it's affirming working among his people, well, the question is, is there's do you have to have those to work among people? And I would say, well, it doesn't look like it through the majority of church history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is the thing is, is, what is this for? Is it to affirm people? And then, and then you throw in the other question, or is it just for me because I want to be more spiritual? I want to be. I want to be at this unique level with God where other people aren't, because that's going to make me, you know, better somehow. Um, which I would say that has some pride issues in it as well. So there's a lot of things that you really, those are the key questions you're going to have to answer. Yeah. Um, That that are going to help you walk through this. Um. But, yeah. And I, I think, yeah. I think
0: that's I, a good point uh, there where you're talking about, <laughs> Um, I, I want to get this because I want to be at a unique level with God. Again, that's, you know, I think most of us would agree that not every believer is gifted the same way. So are we saying that somehow if you're gifted in this way, that you you get to be in a deeper relation with God than someone who's gifted in another way, right? And so that's even the broad overview of that. So you've automatically got a problem there because then all of a sudden you say, let's say, oh, I have the gift of tongues or healings. Oh, I'm experiencing something that's better than what somebody else who's not experiencing those gifts is experiencing, And you got to be really, careful if you want to go that route.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think at the core of the unity that needs to happen in this conversation is, is the affirmation that I believe both sides of the debate affirm is that we need to, we need to, we need to affirm it stronger to help our unity that we are all saved by the cross of Christ. We've been baptized by the spirit and we are all in the same body of believers. Like we are here because of Christ. And I think if we hold that, then we can have more unity. Um, Mm. but, but yeah, I do think, I do think that, um, that uh, Unfortunately, on and, and let me be honest, on both sides of it, I've been really talking about the continuous side, but even on the cessation side, people that say, well, God doesn't do that, and I'm right in my knowledge, and look at my study of this, yeah. um, you know, that's just as prideful as people that are trying to— yeah. People that are trying to, to validate their, their spiritual life, to validate their value mm-hmm. um, through either using gifts or not using gifts are both doing the same thing through through two different avenues. And I think we have to be clear that neither one of those are healthy. we got to take pride out of this. And I would say mm-hmm. let's focus it back on God um, yeah. because it is either God's working to affirm it among his people or he did it during a time and he's still affirming us in different ways. But the idea is that this is what God is doing. These are not our gifts that we have earned or that we have— um, developed or that we have somehow done something to merit. Um, these are gifts that God gives us to use. Um, mm-hmm. these are gifts that are, or are maybe better put. These are gifts. Uh, these are things that God just does through us based on his, um, his person, right. Based on what the work of his son was his spirit and not of ourselves so that no man can mm-hmm. boast. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's a key, key point in this debate. Um, uh, as we're kind of going through this, um, any anything else, James? I mean, as we're kind of wrapping up, um, we got a couple more things we can say on it, but yeah. Um, any, other, we, any other main issues? Yeah.
0: No, I, I think we've we've pretty much covered it. I mean, there's a lot to discuss, like
1: the you know, with each
0: of a, the particulars of things. I mean, like we could go into maybe one episode. We'll get into like tongues and how we would define what tongues even is. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of times where. With all of these gifts, people claim they're they're using them, and I'm like, well, you're not really using them, and the way the New Testament would use them. Um, so that's a whole another debate. Uh, we're talking more broadly, but yeah. uh, Dre, should we should we reveal our cards here of like kind of where we stand on this continuum between cessationism and continue, continuation?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. You go first. So,
0: <laughs> I guess so you might call this a soft I'm not a complete cessationist. Like I'm not a hardcore. Yeah. I don't think they're used at all. I do think there are instances – like I can speak for an example. My, I remember my dad was telling me a story of being in – so my dad travels internationally full time. He was telling me a story of being in a country that's pretty dark, a lot of spiritual warfare, um, a lot of like not a lot of access to the gospel. But being in the home of a man where – sick people were brought a man of a believer and sick people were being brought and they were, they were experiencing healings like some pretty supernatural stuff. But again, it was for the affirmation of the gospel. It was for the affirmation of the message being taught. So I would probably say I'm, there are instances where maybe the spirit will intervene, um, especially in places like that, that are dark, that don't have, maybe they don't have access to scriptures uh, maybe they the gospel has not been preached there. It's not known there. And sometimes the spirit will work in these supernatural ways to affirm the message of the gospel, right? And so I guess, I don't know, would you call that soft cessationist view? Um, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's really yeah, – yeah, so – Yeah, I think
1: Yeah, cessationist yeah. would be someone – at least the way I'm going to define a soft cessationist or somewhere in that spectrum – Someone that's going to hold that it's not normative, right? Yeah, that, that, I, yeah. that really is the the difference. There is it either this is a, because I really there's no debate that in the first church that these gifts were part of the first church century, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a debate about that. The question yeah. is is was that normal for that time period? It was normal for them, but is that normal as when it comes to history? Or is it not normal? Is this are these things that? um that that continue on and they, they should be a part of the christian life are these things that are yeah gifts from god during certain times um yeah, yeah. so i, think, yeah, I, I guess, think that puts you in that camp yeah
0: yeah yeah so if you want to call me that, that that's probably that's probably about correct I, I wouldn't say it's normative of church practice like i don't think we need to go in and we need to have a day where we go out i mean i know of places here in dallas of movements it's like all right we're going to go out and we're going to perform healings like that's not yeah. really i don't think i don't think the apostles thought when they were going through Acts, they they knew they were going to preach the gospel, but I don't think the apostles thought, OK, let's go and heal people today. Like, I don't think that was the you know, they knew that might happen, but I don't think that was like their their main goal. Their main goal was the gospel. Right. Um, yeah. So anyways. So, yeah, that's kind of where I stand.
1: Yeah. Um, so here's where I'm at. Um, if, if you ask me, does God use people to heal others? I would say for sure. Um, mm-hmm. If you would ask me, does God use us to 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 lead the greatest miracle, which is uh, leading people um, into justification, into the sanctification process, to help to, to come alongside God and share the good news, right? To be vessels, you know, to be mm-hmm. these uh, people that bring uh, and be the salt and light in the earth, which I think is amazing. Um, God does use us for that, but just as in salvation or just as anything else, the, the the gift does not come from man. It comes from God working through it. So I don't believe that, that I have the gift of healing or anybody does, uh, but that mm. God gives us faith at times to do these things. So Oral Roberts, right. Um, mm. you know, if you know any about his story, he, he never said he had the gift of healing. He said he had the gift of faith. And I love that. Um, you know, I, I think Spurgeon, I, I think I agree with Spurgeon. Um, he wasn't the person to, to say these things and to prophesy every Sunday, but, but God used him. Um, mm. the spirit of God used Spurgeon in, in mighty ways. And so I think that in that world, um, you know, I don't think there may be a person that has these gifts, but I do think that God is still there. I do think that God is speaking to us, mostly yeah. about His Son. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I think that I think that, that God is at work. So I never want to say that, but I think what is normal throughout the entire Scripture when I read the Bible, I see some people that God has has chosen to do certain things, and those people are far and few between, right? Yeah. That got that God has chosen, and when those people come, they have a very very uh, specific thing. Whenever they they got specific rules to follow, and mm. if they don't, that's not a good thing. Um, right. And so I see that God has always used people, and I still think God wants to raise up a prophet. I think in Revelation He will, but there's time periods where He's silent. I think that's normal. Um, I think that I think that God normally works through other people um, and works through His Scripture, works through His written word. I think that's I think that's the way God does it. So I don't see God. I see a lot more continuity in the whole story. And so, yeah, I think in the first church, I think you had um, you had some prophets that came in that were named. I think you had apostles. Um, I don't think that those are normal experiences that every Christian should seek. Um, I, yeah. think they're, I think they're parts of history um, where God has, has moved in, in a wonderful way, um, but it's not necessary for the Christian faith. Um, yeah. It was necessary for the redemptive history, but when it comes to each person, I think that we have all we need in Christ. Um, yeah. And so um, that that's yeah. kind of where I stand. So I, yeah, I, I definitely am on the cessational side, um, but I also don't downplay uh, what God is doing. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. so a lot, a lot of stuff there. Um, that's kind of, you know, where my, my conclusions are. Um, I just think, I think we have to be careful to say that, um, that this is the way it must be. This is, this is the normal expression mm. of the Christian faith. I think that that's not historically true. And I think that's a, uh, saying something that's not there. So I hope you don't hear me as a I'm not trying to be uh divisive on it. Um I really do think that this is not an issue that we should divide on. Um mm-hmm. I think pragmatically we have to divide on it because you can't have a uh continuous service and a cessationist service right after each yeah. other. I think yeah, you know um yeah. I think so I think pragmatically it's just you you can't do much there. But I think when it comes to um to unity, um this should not be the basis for division and um and we should really focus on, on saying, Hey, you know, we both just read these a little bit differently. Um, but that Mm -hmm. is where I, that's how I see it all. Whenever I study it and as best of a student, I can see, um, you know, and I think, and I think we gotta be careful too. You think whenever we start saying, Oh God told me that he was going to heal you and he doesn't, I think that can do a lot of harm too. Um, and so, um, I would say be careful too in this, in these waters, but yeah, a lot more to be said, which we can dive into later, but, um, that's where I'm at. So yeah, good. All all right all right, well,
0: let's close out. Um, again, thank y'all for uh, listening uh, to this uh, two-part It's a two-part episode. Again, if you've listened to this episode and you didn't listen to the previous one, we encourage you to go back and listen to the previous one because it really laid a lot of the groundwork for what we talked about today. Uh, but thank you for listening. As always, uh, you can send us a question. If you agree with us, disagree with us, or you have more questions about this, Feel free to send us a question. You can do it at Good Theological Thursday on Facebook. Just search Good Theological Thursday, follow our page, uh, and message us, and we'd love to get back with you. Or you can email us at goodtheologicalthursday at gmail.com. Again, if you have not done so yet, uh, leave a you can leave a rating or review. If you have time to write a little review for us, we would appreciate that. We'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well. And, uh, if the podcast is something that's really benefiting you and, uh, you think another friend would benefit from it, we'd encourage you to show it to a friend, but, um, Dre, you want to close us out?
1: Yes. So we hope to see you back next week for another theological conversation. And until then, have a good theological Thursday. See ya.
0: See ya.